we'll have some baptisms before we have the sermon, and then there'll be um, communion for those who wish to take baptism. Shall we open the 
Nice to see a full house again today. Kind of a day it is. Shall we open our service in a word of prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for another day. We thank Thee for this fellowship we can come to and spend time together and spend time in, in and around Thy Word. Find peace and comfort in a, in a very troubled world. We ask that you would watch over this service this morning. Be with each of us. Give us that assurance of faith and grace and all those things that come from thy hand. Let this word work amongst us freely. Let this word do its work in each of our hearts that our hearts and our ears would be not only physically hearing, but that he would understand the depth of thy word and that it would give us direction as we go through and work out our trials and temptations as we go through this life. Watch over all those believers across the world. Watch over those that will believe. As our Lord says that he prays for the believers and he prays for those that will believe. Watch over the governments across the world. Watch over Israel in these very troubled times. Watch over our, our nation, our local governments, our schools, our homes, our families. Give our speaking brother this morning words and depth of understanding that this word becomes a powerful word, a word that works in our hearts and lives. And as we sing in this song, if we were to gain this world but lose our Savior, it would be a, a useless life we would lead. But give us that energy and understanding and power to put away sin and live in the freedom of the living word, the living gospel, the forgiveness of sins, the grace that is come down from above. Hear us now as we pray that prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
and baptize thee, holy be, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I baptize thee, may prayer, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Baptized be King of Catherine, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Baptized be King of George, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you now and ever henceforth. Amen. Let us give thanks and pray. O innocent lambs of God, Jesus Christ, thou who lovest children and therefore bade them come unto thee, thou who placed thy hands upon them and blessed them, saying, Theirs is the kingdom of God, we pray thee, look graciously upon these children, who also need thy holy blessing, that they who have been baptized in thy holy name with water, and that they also, by the power of the Holy Spirit, may prosper and grow and be filled with all gifts to thy honor and glory. Thou who reignest with God the Father, and the Holy Ghost, world without end. Amen. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear friends, your witnesses that these children have been baptized in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Therefore I exhort you, parents and godparents, early teach these children to keep that which our Lord Jesus Christ in his word has commanded us, so that they may grow in the grace and knowledge of God, our Redeemer Jesus, God and our Redeemer Jesus Christ. Abide in this covenant wherein God in his grace has received them through the merits of Jesus Christ our Lord. To that end, may God give you his grace. Amen. Glory be to God the Father, and to the Son, and the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The peace of God be with you.
May we be greeted this morning with greetings of grace and mercy and peace from God, our Heavenly Father, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. For a text this morning, I will turn to the Gospel of Matthew, to the 18th chapter. And I'll read, starting at the first verse, and I'll read... Um, through the 14th, I guess. Reading in Jesus' name. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called the little child unto him, and set him in the midst of them, and said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. But whosoever shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offenses come. But woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee, for it is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into eternal fire. And if thy eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life having one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones, for I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. For the Son of Man is come to save that which is lost. How think ye, if a man have a hundred sheep, and one of them be gone astray, doth he not leave the ninety and nine, and goeth into the mountains, and seeketh that which is gone astray? And if so be that he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoiceth more in that sheep than of the ninety and nine which went not astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Amen. As I already said when I was starting to read about the baptismal service, I would still ask your prayers for... I'm sure many reasons, not the least of which is seeing all these little ones. My emotions are very near the surface, and while it's not too bad to read, um, I, I guess I wish God would have given a different text in a way, although it's very understandable in the context of baptizing these little ones, this text. But more than just that, I guess it it is more just, I guess it came to me to share what, I guess, I don't know how to word this, I guess what I went through to even baptize these children. I was mentioned that, or I guess I was asked if I could baptize. There was four of them that they said we were going to baptize. And I agreed to it. Um, 
And then uh, Nadia got a hold of me and asked if she could, if we could baptize Luke, or I mean, sorry, Levi also. And I don't know why that was the instigator, but it just, I mean, I've had these thoughts before, but for some reason that, I guess, made it overwhelming. Um, if I say the feeling of being unworthy to do that. And I read this text, and they're asking, they ask this question of Jesus, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he gives that answer. He says, and I guess I find it very interesting how it says a little child. And he says, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. We look at these little children. And they can get on our nerves. They can be loud. They can do things that they really shouldn't be doing. And it's our job as parents and, I guess, as adults to correct them. And sometimes we get angry and we perhaps don't correct them in a matter of care and love for their well-being, even though that, I believe, is the root of it. But it says that we are to be as these little children. And it struck me that, I mean, there's many, many ways that that we should do that. But we see them playing and they're just being. They're doing what they, their mind brings them to do. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not good. But there is not a question in their mind that, am I my parent's child? And there is nothing that they have done that made them that people's child. They just are that. They were born into that. We were all born into being the child of our parents. And we're stuck there. And I realized even if we were to go down that road, that are we worthy to be a child of God? Are we worthy to anybody to stand here and share the word of God who qualifies to be righteous enough to be able to baptize these little ones with a sacrament that Christ himself gave I find it interesting that it's not recorded in the Bible that Jesus actually baptized it says his, his disciples baptized. And I guess when I thought about this, it was comforting to, we read about 
and now maybe this is partly my thoughts, but I think it's kind of how we think of it. Peter, because of his personality and whatever, he's quite often thought of in the forefront of one of the disciples that was perhaps, I don't know if you'd call it a leader, but one of the ones that people look to. And yet we read of his failings. And we read in one place where Jesus asked the question, who do you think I am? And and he makes that statement, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus commends him for it. And and a few verses later, Jesus tells him, get thee behind me, Satan. You are as human as we are. And we have to recognize that our righteousness and ability to be a Christian, to speak the word of God or even share the word of God with anybody, or or to be qualified to baptize these little ones is simply because we are completely and wholly righteous in Christ. And yes, until the day we die, we have to pack this flesh with us that is failing. We are sinful beings to the the core of this human nature. It, It tells us in one place that this human flesh never repented. Indeed, it can't, it says. And that is why the Bible tells us that it must be crucified daily. It isn't something that tomorrow we won't have to deal with if we're still alive here in this world. And these little ones, yes, they are innocent in many senses. And yet, they are still human beings. And yes, they have to (coughs) trust that what Christ has done for them is enough. And I guess beings that all of them, some most to a greater extent, but all of them in some way, I guess, are part of my natural family. It brings overwhelming joy that their parents find that there is an importance in God. There's importance in what Christ has done. And there's an importance and a desire that these little ones could walk as children of God all the days of their life. George already mentioned the song and we sang in the one, what would we gain? Is there anything in this world that is worth losing salvation? And we know as we walk through this life, and these little ones will learn it too, that the devil is very, very busy trying to make it look that things in this world They're very important, and we need to deal with them and look after them and enjoy them now. And those matters of salvation, they can wait till later. And when we're little, life looks long. 
And as we get older, all of a sudden, life looks shorter. And then all of a sudden, life looks very short, even all the years that are behind us. And we realize, and it comes to the heart, I believe, of especially Christian people, what is important. And we recognize that first and foremost is our own hearts and where we stand before God. And then after that is our relationships to those we love. And our walk in front of those who we live with. Because as near as I can put it simply, outside of knowing that we are a child of God and the Spirit of God dwells within us, the only thing that really matters in this world is that our heart's desire would be and that we would by the grace of God and through his spirit be given the wisdom and strength to walk in such a way that other hearts could have that same need and recognize where they can find that need filled and that there could be caused a thirst in their lives for something more than just what this world has to offer and that we as Christians would be given the grace to share with them as imperfectly as we might feel like it is what we know to be true and what we have have and are partakers of which is the mercy of God and that understanding and assurance that the sin that we are and all our doubts and failings that they're forgiven in the name and blood of Christ, not because we deserve it. And that we could, even as Christian people, remember to walk as these little children, simply trusting that If we get off track, and I'm not saying that we would do it carelessly. I'm not in any way trying to say that. But trusting that as much, and I guess maybe it's easier as as a parent when we care for our children. It is our desire to let them expand who they are. It is important. And that they be given freedom but that we would be given the wisdom and we understand that God has all wisdom to put boundaries there and correct them. And I know, and I can't say that I did it purposely, but there was situations raising my children and the one that pops into my head is things dealing with farm machinery. And I am very thankful we never had any big problems. But I think that all of them had some little incident where something got broke or something got bent because they had the, they were given the freedom to run a piece of machinery. And, and they made a mistake. And thankfully nobody got hurt. And to me that is a blessing. 
and oh for the wisdom of God to know when to stop and when to allow and when to let these little ones do things that they would learn from their mistakes so that they don't make big mistakes some little shaft perhaps got bent and a tractor didn't get wrecked and yet the lesson was learned that you need to be careful and I think as adults it is very easy as Christians sometimes to look at our walk and we look at our being and we look at just what we are and we can see if we spend time in the word of God and are truthful how failing we are and we recognize that it isn't because of how good we are that we deserve to be a child of God but it isn't that we deserve it that makes us that child any more than those little ones are, are your children because they deserve it they were just born there and whether we were born there from birth or whether God has been so gracious that we were as it says reborn because we've strayed away we're a child of God and as a child of God we can trust that he in perfect love will allow us to make mistakes so that we can learn so that we don't make big mistakes and yet he will with love and care bring us back and yes he may use one of our brothers or sisters in faith he may use a little child I think it was I don't know whether I spoke on it or mentioned it not that long ago about Naaman the Syrian there's the story of Naaman the Syrian who was a leper and he was I don't know he wasn't the second leading man he was one of the leading men in this in Assyria and powerful and the leader of the army and who did God choose to bring that message of where he could deal with that sin problem that was manifest in the leprosy that he was a leper we are all lepers he was a sinful man my mind says that we would take some older preacher who is very sound in the word and and secure I say if I say it that way hello I was just talking with someone this morning about this sorry I went off on a rabbit trail here I'll maybe go back to that. sorry my mind's jumping around somebody who is if I use a term that I don't really mean but put emphasis on it somebody who is a deep theologian and a, and a godly man who did God use a little maid and we see the result it was sure from the beginning he was cleansed it isn't in our wisdom or our ability <clears throat> and yes we are to grow in knowledge we are to grow in the grace and knowledge of our lord jesus christ and and paul gets after those ones there in hebrews 
that they should be mature and not and they should move from just the milk of the word to the meat. This is true. We are to do that. But how far do we think we've progressed? I was talking, as I said, with someone this morning, and I can't remember how the conversation got there exactly, but what I said was when I was little, and I can't remember, it was just a couple years ago that I realized that I was the same age as my grandfather on my mom's side was when I was born. And I obviously didn't know him right when I was born, but I don't know whether I was two or three or something like that, probably when I started recognizing that that I can remember slightly and then I was through teenage years maybe just preteen and in my mind it wasn't that I thought of him as old or young or just he just was but he was old enough that he had everything together he had it all figured out he had wisdom maybe there was problems in life but he just dealt with them and it wasn't really a big deal now I get to that age and it's, how did I miss out on that? I thought he, he was wise and had it all figured out. And I realized now looking back, he was just a human man from beginning to end. And yes, we learn some things. We do that. But it doesn't matter how old we are. We have to walk by faith. And with the trust of little children that God can carry us, not our wisdom or our experience. Yes, that can be beneficial. And our experiences can help us and they can be helpful to others. But they're not going to get us to heaven. Faith in Christ Jesus is what opens the doors to heaven. There's that place in Romans, I don't know if I can turn to it here, and it's speaking of, it says, you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. I've had people tell me, well, you can't define a Christian, that you want to put God in a box and you can't do that. God is much bigger than that. And in some senses, that's a true statement. But to me, that is a, as perfect a definition of a Christian. If the spirit of the living God dwells in that being there, a Christian in the terms of a living Christian. And it doesn't matter whether we're hours old or a hundred and some years old. It is the Spirit of God that dwells in us because we can believe that Christ paid for what we are. And I would hope and pray that we could walk in that freedom that these little ones have of just going through life. And trusting that as a child of God, He will care for us, He will correct us, He will in His wisdom... And understanding allow us to fail, that we can walk, that we would not, if I say die, and I'm speaking spiritually, but we can see it as little children, 
we maybe let them fall off this step so they learn that you can't walk off a cliff because it will kill you. This might give you a little bump. And sometimes when we have these little bumps, it can be annoying and we wish that God wouldn't do that. But maybe he can at times allow us to take a step back and recognize he's allowing us to have this little bump so that we don't someday walk off a cliff without recognizing that there's death at the end of that step. This text has great promises, and I don't know how far I'll actually look into it, but it also has great, if I say, warnings. But it says, Whosoever shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. And I think as parents and grandparents and as adults, as Christians, we see these little ones and we don't understand always. I mean, sometimes it's pretty clear to us. We can see how we could cause an offense. But in the world that we live in today, some of those offenses, and I believe that it's the work of the devil, he works very hard to make the offense look like it's something good. I was talking with someone, and they were talking about the fact how... In the world today, there's this idea that these little ones, it's bad and you're going to damage their beings, their psyche or whatever, if you correct them, that we need to let them grow and, and um, learn and express themselves as they see fit. I believe that as Christians, and if we look at what the Bible tells us, if we did that, it is an offense. And yet the world and circles within this world want to paint it as something that's good and helpful to these children. I guess the day that God doesn't correct us anymore is the day that we could try doing that. The Bible says that we're, and this obviously isn't verbatim, but tells us that we're to be thankful and lucky that God corrects us and chastens us because we know he loves us. And if we don't have it, we better take a look because maybe we've stepped outside of being his child. And when we get corrected, and even as these little ones, we would hope that when they get corrected for something, that they would learn and we'd not have to do it over and over and over again. But as parents, when we do have to do it over and over and over again, instead of getting quite so frustrated with them, let's look at how many times God has over and over and over corrected us and how forgetful we are or how bullheaded we maybe are. And yet... When we recognize that, we see the grace and mercy and patience of God. I oftentimes don't feel very patient and and bemoan the fact that 
God seems to work on my patience and, and I get impatient even with that. And I wonder, why do we need patience so much? And it's because God desires that we would be more like Him. And when we look at how patient He is with us, we see how lacking we are to walk as He does. It tells us here, and in some ways it doesn't seem to tie in, but it's telling us, I believe, how drastic we should be to not let offense something be offensive when it says that if your hand or your foot ear your eye even you'd get rid of them if they're causing offense and I believe there's a lot more to it than that but in the context of what I was looking into this text it doesn't matter what it is if we're causing offense let's deal with it especially if it's something excuse me that's offending these little ones and as I said, we need the wisdom of the Spirit of God to give us understanding what is truly perhaps offensive. <clears throat> then it gives a parable in there. And I guess to me it is a wonderful promise it talks about a hundred sheep and how one of them went astray and yet God says that he would go into the mountains and seek that one that has gone astray it says and if so be that he find it if we are straying from God's will in our life. He is seeking to return us. It is his desire that we would be his child and be under his protection, that we wouldn't be walking around in the wilderness of this world and sin, <clears throat> that it would harm us or destroy us or kill us. And we see that it, there is joy when that lost one is brought back and it isn't that there is we look at our fellow Christians and sometimes we just maybe I'm speaking for myself take it for granted that fellowship that we have and it is a blessing and yet we all know that if there's somebody who <coughs> perhaps they grew up in a Christian home and yet through the passage of time and life They've found that there's things in this world that seem more important. They've strayed away from finding importance in God's word. And then God, through his power and strength, draws them back. And there's a repentance. And there's that rebirth. And they can believe that their sin is forgiven and that they're a child of God. And I don't know that there's any Christian that that doesn't bring joy and rejoicing. And it says that, that it, there's rejoicing in heaven when one sinner repents. It says, even so, it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. 
it is not God's will that any of these little children would not stay as Christians till the day they die. That is God's desire. And I guess that's partly what was so, I guess, touching to me that these parents would see and have that desire that this would be a child of God, that it would be their expression that this could be a seal upon that child, that it is a child of not only theirs, but of God's. And I would encourage all of us, especially parents of these little ones, may God give you patience and wisdom that you could, with love and care, and in frustration, overcome that, to correct them and guide them. And most importantly, share that message of what Christ has done. Not only for you, but for them and for everyone. In Jesus' name, Amen. Does somebody have a song we can sing before communion? Sorry? 180. Should we sing 
Let us express that faith in which we believe. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified by heaven and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose came from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the spring and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life of the last. Let us pray with and for them who will now partake of the Lord's Holy Supper. Lord Jesus Christ, thou bread of life, grant that our holy communion may be a blessing to all those who today shall partake of it, that through the power of thy body and blood they may receive peace and comfort to their souls, and be strengthened in faith, love, and a lively hope of eternal life. Amen. Truly, meet right and blessed, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee. Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which is and which was and which is to come. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord, present in the highest. Let us all pray as our Lord Jesus Christ, by the saying, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, dividing his kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. Jesus Christ, 
May the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ preserve your bodies and souls under eternal life. Amen. Praise the Lord for his gracious gift of which you have partaken, and proclaim his suffering, his death, and his glorious resurrection until he cometh again. Arise and depart in the peace of the Lord. Serve your bodies and souls unto eternal life. Amen. Praise the Lord for his gracious gift of which you have partaken, and proclaim his suffering, his death, and his glorious resurrection until he cometh again. Arise and depart in the peace of the Lord. Your body and your soul, and to 
eternal life. Amen. Praise the Lord for his gracious gifts of which you have prepared and proclaim his suffering, death, and resurrection until he comes again. Arise and be part of the peace of the Lord. Refreshed us through this salutary gift. Peace thee, thou thy mercy, strengthen us through this communion and faith towards thee, and in our love towards one another, through Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, everyone God, where is our name? Amen. Humble your hearts before God and receive the benedict all. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord has kept his counsel upon thee and give thee peace in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Um, we were supposed to be early. Anyway, I'm not sure how it all got mixed up, but anyway, if we were going to have a meeting yesterday, some of us But anyway, we put it off, so. Does it work for people to have it next Saturday? Any problem with that? Anyway, we will try to, if many of us can make it, we'll have it next Saturday at 1 p.m. here again. It's supposed to be much nicer than last week. Is anyone able to have Bible study this Thursday?
thank you for this word of God that leads and guides us. We thank you for these natural blessings that everyone can put together. Bless these things to our, our bodies use. And 